Hey, baseball fans, welcome to the Wenatchee Apple Sox podcast with your host, the voice of the Apple Sox, Joel Norman. Thanks again for joining us for another edition of the Apple Sox podcast. I'm Joel Norman, and we're chatting today with a member of the 2022 Apple Sox. We're still a few months away, of course, in the 2023 season. So right now we're kind of reflecting a little bit on some of the stuff from that past season before we look ahead to uh, this coming year's roster. And we're joined today by uh, previous Apple Sox infielder Xander Orahudos. And Xander, uh, you know, it's nice to be catching up with you here because I think we're all starting to miss baseball right now. I always say to people, once the new year kind of begins, you start to go, okay, football playoffs are winding down, kind of tired of the cold weather, although it's in some parts of the country, it's been kind of mild this year. But I imagine you are kind of getting ready for that spring baseball season to be here pretty soon. Yeah, I'm ready for the, the snow to start melting away and grass to start getting green again and baseball to come around. Now, you're over at Jamestown College in North Dakota. When does your season get started up? Because a lot of schools, sometimes it'll be late February, early March or so. When do you guys get going? We Our first road trip is we, get, we head to Missouri um, on February 25th. So right now you're looking at just over a month opening day is coming up. Um, How is the preparation for that going? Because I think myself and plenty of other Apple Sox fans probably think, you know, it's a long off season for you guys from the time you're done. From the time you're done playing for the Apple Sox, it's a long off season. Uh, What's that been like so far and how ready are you to hit the field in just over a month from now? Yeah, I'm super excited. So this Winter, it started off with nine weeks, five days a week lifting, and then um, went into Christmas break, and now we're starting practices up, back up again. We're doing nine to midnights right now, so that's not the greatest, but, you know, it, it's part of it, and honestly, our team's looking pretty good this year, so I'm excited. Yeah, at the time you and I are talking, it's 6 o'clock Central right now, so a couple hours before practice. But Talk to me about that uh, the decision to have that in the evening. Is that some of your coaches thought they just want to keep you guys ready later on, or is it just kind of uh, you know working around your schedules a little bit? Um, a little bit of working around our schedules and a little bit trying to like be like spring training a little bit and stuff like that, so – like the pitchers were on their own for a week, and then now we're with the pitchers the second week, kind of like spring spring training does. So it's his it's his thing. We're just kind of going with it, you know. Spring training without the sunburn, though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. in Arizona or Florida, but uh, nonetheless, I'm sure that's been really exciting. So this is your second year at Jamestown College in North Dakota, as we mentioned, and. I don't know how many people are, I think a lot of fans who, you know, watched the team last year, if they're listening, they're pretty aware of your story. But for those who may not realize it, uh, this is your third school that you've been at in college, unless I'm missing one or two. You've had one of the more hectic college journeys uh, of people that I can really recount. And it's a, it's a credit to that where you're at right now, though, that you've made it work. You've been in a spot where you're happy. Explain to fans what it's been like for you, because it's been far from very normal. Okay, so yeah, um, I mean, it started off good. I went to Columbia Basin, had a really good year my freshman year, my sophomore year. Um, I had a good year, but I missed some games with a broken handmate bone. And then I also was DHing off and on because I had torn my UCL at the beginning of the year. And then I got surgery after the year. So that was kind of a hurdle. Um, I took the next year rehabbing after surgery. I enrolled at Georgia Gwinnett 
ended up not being able to throw still after my surgery. Um, it kind of sucks because they won the World Series that year. But it was – I think it, it was a blessing in disguise because I got to keep a year um, and get healthy again. And then my buddy called me from Jamestown after I'd been off – off of baseball for about three years he called me and was like hey what are you doing you want to come play and I told him if it was a good situation it ended up being a good situation so here I am at my second year Jamestown ready to finish out my last year couldn't be more excited and if I'm not mistaken this is your senior year at, at long last is that correct Yes. Yeah. <laughs> COVID and transfers have made eligibility so hard to figure out the last few years, but this is year four for you on the diamond. Like you said, those years at Columbia Basin, 356 batter in 2018, uh, 358 the next year, just two phenomenal years in the NWAC. What are some of your memories from those two years at Columbia Basin? Um, honestly, the guys like, yeah, I had a good year, and I mean, looking further into it, yeah, I was an All-American, but it's re it was really the guys, like, that made it. I still keep in touch with some of those guys, and um, even, like, playing with some CBC guys this year, Brooks and Steven, like, it was, it was, it's kind of a culture thing, so it's good to, it's, it's good to see guys from that program that I came from still around, still playing at a high level, and I think they're even better than than when I was there and all their facilities are nicer. So it's, it's, it's cool to see. Yeah. They, they've certainly got a great field overall, but you know, continuing with your college sharing sure, two years there, you had actually originally signed to play for the Apple Sox in 2019. Now, as many fans may be aware, there's plenty of guys who signed to play summer ball. Things change. What was the, what was the instance for you in 2019? Cause I remember you were announced, we had you set up and then that kind of fell through. Can you explain that? That was my UCL year, so that was my elbow. Right around that busy spot where you were going to Georgia Gwinnett, didn't play two years, though, but ended up at Jamestown. How fun was that just to get back onto the field last spring 2022? It was really fun. Yeah, I, I honestly wasn't ready. Like, you could tell my I wasn't ready. My body wasn't ready. Swing wasn't ready. Just tried to make the most of it. Um, but going into this year, I feel – a lot more confident in myself and closer to the guys since it's my second year. So I think, you I think about, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think that was the, the biggest part is just after, after three years off getting back into it, just, just making the most of it, having fun. And I mean, that's really why I, I went back to it anyways. You talk about maybe not feeling ready. Was that part of the reason for why, Maybe you were asked to go play summer ball in 2022. Um, no, I wanted. I wanted, you wanted to, to. Yeah, I I wanted to play, and like Gibby was on the team. I didn't really have anywhere to go, but Hunter Gibson was on the team, and I was asking if there was still room, and he said, "Yeah, there's a ten day contract," and then coach ended up extending me for the full year. So, and it was close to home, so it just kind of added up to be right. I want to jump into your, your contract status because you were late as a 10-day uh, addition late in the spring. But before that, you mentioned Hunter Gibson, pitcher, and uh, another Ellensburg guy who was on the team was Davis Spencer. And, of course, you're from Ellensburg. How nice was that to get a chance to play with a couple of guys who were familiar faces in summer ball where it's not always the case? I think that was the, definitely the icing on the cake. Like, 
I played with those guys when basically we were he they were freshmen in high school. I was a junior or senior in high school. And yeah, I played with them a year or two, but then I hadn't even seen them for three years, four years after that. So getting reunited and then actually getting to play with them again was just icing on the cake. Was there was it one of those things where when you when you're playing with guys who it's been a few years since you play with them, is it just kind of like like how everything was before, like when you did, you just remember maybe a certain joke or something you guys told each other before or a certain oh, yeah, story. hundred percent that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Nothing changes. Yeah. So as we mentioned, you started out as a, a 10 day contract. You came in with that. Were you just thinking at that time, you know, your expectations were pretty much, Hey, I'll get a few weeks of work in and then, you know, either move on, maybe another team, maybe that's it for the summer. Or were you kind of looking at the 10 day contract as maybe a challenge? Like, you know, I'd like to be a full season player. I feel like that's more of how I was looking at it. I mean, I had, I had another thing lined up if it didn't work out, but I really wanted to be there. And so I kind of took it as a challenge, especially that first week. I honestly, I honestly didn't know any of the guys besides Gibby and Davis and maybe a couple others that showed up later but that first week when we were in Bend, Oregon, I, I knew no one. So I was kind of just trying to showcase myself a little bit to the the team and, and coach and maybe like show them that I was supposed to be there all year. We talked about some of the guys who you did know before you joined the Apple Sox. Who were a couple of guys uh, who you joined the team, you didn't know who they were, but by the end of the summer, you were like, boy, that's that's someone I'm going to keep in touch with forever. Um. I, I still talk to Corey Jarrell a little bit, CJ Horn, obviously my roommate, uh, Will Jacobson, um, obviously Hunter Davis. Um, no, I know they're Fossil. Fossil, he goes to Central, so him and I have a bunch of buddies in common. So, uh, yeah, all their names get thrown around. Joe Ichiro, FaceTime Joe Ichiro. Uh Mike Davini messaged Mike Davini a little bit, you know, just a little bit of everyone on the team. Yeah. So a lot of guys over the course. And that's what's so fun, I think, about the summer season is that you get you get a situation like yours. You come in and, you know, the first road trip, you don't know any of the guys currently on the team. But by the end of the summer, it's it's weird saying goodbye to them, isn't it? Yeah. Well, honestly, it's like a full season just without the practices and and so, which is the best, the best, the best season you could ask for. But yeah, it's basically a full season. I've played 50 games with those guys and yeah, you get to you, know them really well. Do you enjoy that? Because I think for some guys it's it either, it can either, you know, explain, yeah, that I really want baseball to be part of my career or others go, wow, this is maybe a little more than I realized. Do you like that everyday grind of the summer where, it's like that professional field. You're playing every day and there really isn't time to practice. Yeah. Well, for me, it makes it a little bit easier to forget things like negative things, like keep my mental up because it, it really is next day is a new day. You know, like if, if you have like in the school season, if you have series that are spread out then it's like you have practices in between, you're thinking about stuff, maybe, maybe that went positive, negative, but this summer was basically every single day and you you had to treat it as a new day. How do you battle that in the spring season? Where, as you mentioned, maybe there's only two, three, maybe four games a week sometimes. How do you battle with that? You know, maybe it was a weekend you didn't want to have and, but you need to reset and get to the next week. How do you move on 
from those those tough stretches? Um, a lot of a lot of hanging out with the team, whether it just be in the the locker room or on campus in the cafeteria, like a lot of hanging out with the team because, I mean, that's that's really why I'm here is to hang out, meet new people, play baseball. So, if I can stay busy hanging out with my team and getting to know them better, then I feel like that makes the days go by faster until game day. As I had mentioned before, you had previously signed to play with the Apple Sox in 2019. Didn't happen. The next year, you signed to play with the Yakima Valley Pippins. Didn't happen because of COVID. 2021, you were in the Great West League. And then before you finally got your chance in the West Coast League, what did you take from your time in the Great West League? Because you were an all-star that year, 2021. That year, you were playing with uh, the Klamath Falls Gems. 265 average, 29 games. Uh, what did you take from your experience there that you added into 2022 you felt like made you a better ball player um I think I think it was a little bit different style ball than I was used to I I was a year older a a lot more people were hitting home runs and stuff so I was just starting to see the magnitude of players that were all over especially in the west coast because that's where we were but I was starting to see the magnitude of players that were all over and it made me you know, you play with great players, you, you 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 become better. So I feel like that's what propelled me is just playing with better players, really good, talented players. We talked about how at the beginning of the 2022 Apple Sox season, you were a pretty regular player. And then it, it's an issue, I think, that happens with every team. Middle of June, it's probably the only time of the, of the season, June into early Mid-June into late June, early July, I think it's the only stretch of a summer ball season where a head coach goes, gosh, I got too many players right now. <laughs> and you witnessed, you witnessed every part of the season because you were with the Apple Sox from the beginning until the end. So you saw stretches where there were, you know, you, you picked up a guy on the way to Ben and get an extra infielder. And then you saw stretches like going up to Canada for the postseason and, you know, you're short on a few guys, or, you know, because you don't have any bench options either. But in the middle of June to early July, the roster's its best of the entire summer. And there was a stretch during there where there were some guys, yourself included, who weren't getting into as many games. It was uh, June 19th or July 23rd, 26 games in that span. You didn't play in 16 of them. What's going through your mind in that stretch? Because you started the year as a regular, and then it's there's a logjam at a lot of positions, and you were kind of at the time just an odd man out, it seemed. Um. Yeah, so uh, obviously – there was frustration. There was, there was wanting to play, but at the end of the day, like I would talk to people about it at the end of the day, I knew it was, it was all extra. I was only on a 10 day contract. You know, a lot of these guys were assigned for a full year. So for me, it was kind of all extra. Um, I th- I feel like I showcased myself good enough to, to play, but at the same time, I, like, like you said, I was there the whole year. So if I missed the, 10, 10 of those 26 games, like, no big deal for me. Did you look at it like that? Like, hey, I know that some of these guys are leaving here soon and there's going to be plenty of chances for me to play during those final few weeks of the season? Yeah, um, I did. Yeah, I didn't – it was hard to realize that, like, at the very, very start. But, like, after a couple games, you know, you realize people are go- coming and going throughout that span too. So you start to realize, like, I'm not going anywhere if – at the, I'll be here at the end of the year when we do need people. And yeah, I was, I was bummed for a little bit, but I don't know. There's nothing I could do. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a huge deal. 
it's one of those things I looked at at the time, and I remember thinking, I was like, it's strange not seeing him in the lineup, but I knew you were planning to be a full-season player, and it's it's one of those things where I wish you know, the emotional side for each player could be taken out of it, and you could look at it the way maybe other people like myself, and it's like, oh, well, his time's – he's going to get back in there soon. He's frankly just getting a few weeks off in this sense because there were several guys on the team where that was the case. It's, you know, here's a few days off this week, just, you know – and if anything, that's kind of a nice blow, I imagine, though, is you look, later on, you probably realize, OK, it's nice to be kind of getting a little break in the action right now. Yeah, 100 percent. And plus, everyone in the lineup was really good. So yeah. it's, it's fun to watch the others play when when they're when they're good. And you did get your your opportunity again down the stretch. And uh, boy, once you were back in the lineup, you sure made the most of it. Three ninety six batting average and eight multi-hit games in your final 13 games, you were just locked in. You pretty much were batting second every night. What was the key to your stre- your hot play down the stretch? Uh, I think, like like we said, the, the confidence was there for sure. And there was, there was not very many guys on the bench. So, like, we had we had to get it done, you know. <laughs> we're, yeah. as, as a team, I think we were just on on fire for that those last couple games. Besides, besides the – Bellingham but for those last couple games our team was just on fire the batting order all summer I don't think there were many nights where I felt like the Apple Sox were going to struggle to score runs and of course the only time that there was that I could really think of was the time you know, Ryan Mullen threw the complete game and, and the Apple Sox lost it was yeah it was a rare game where you know the pitching was just dominant but you just couldn't get any runs for once for one night. But uh, you guys, you had so many quality bats in the lineup. Uh, who who are a couple of guys who really stood out to you just from the time watching, batting behind, batting ahead of them that you noticed over the summer? Uh, uh, I'm going to narrow it down to one person, um, and that's Matt Hallback, honestly. Like, obviously, there's Joe Ichiro. There's, there's many guys, but one person is Matt Hallback. Just because he was righty, I could relate to him a little bit more. So I, I liked watching him play, and I'm, I'm looking forward to following him this spring. What stood out to you about him? His, his grittiness, like, he wasn't going to get out. Like, and whatever he threw to him, he was, if it was in the strike zone, he was going to hit out. And, and he was very patient, so he walked. It was a mixture of just being, like, aggressive, but also having that patience. And I don't know, I, I really liked that about his game. And he was super calm. What'd you talk with him about? Did you like if you ever did you ever pick his brain on stuff? You know, hey, what are you noticing here? Uh, wh- you know, what's your take in an instance like this? You ever do that with him or other guys? Uh, I I feel like I did that more with Joe, but um, to be honest, Matt and I didn't like talk so much about that kind of stuff. Um, but I would watch him a lot D- during his BP rounds in the cages. I would watch I would watch him a lot, and also I got a lot of feedback from Coach Leiden. Marcus, like he was a huge help for I feel like the whole team this year. So shout out to him. Hard to blame him either with uh, how well the offensive statistics went for the team as a whole. So take me into that, you know, the game within the game. You're talking with you're talking with Joe Ichiro. Maybe he's just batted or he's coming back to the dugout and you're chatting with him before you step in. What's that discussion like? Uh, is it, you know, are you asking about wh- what certain pitches were from a guy, you know, where they were locating? What were you asking him or what was he telling you? Well, if if I'm asking about a pitcher, I'll I'll say like sequence, and then like how the movement of the ball was. Two seam was it like sharp in or did it just kind of float in? 
or sliders at sharp or loopy. So if we're talking about a pitcher, then I would ask about more about that stuff. Um, but we would talk a lot about our, our own stuff, like his swing, my swing. So if we were talking about his swing, I'll just, it's more about like, how do you feel in there? Like, what were you looking for? What did you see instead? And a lot of stuff like that, just picking his, his mental side of the brain. And cause I already know his mechanics are great. You know, it's more about the, the mental side of why do you, why did you feel like you swung at that pitch in that count stuff like that? Like, what'd you see basically? Yeah. What are the other guys who you had mentioned on the team who, you know, he was like you, he was a guy who was there from day one until the season ended, uh, CJ Horn. One of my favorite moments was when you and CJ uh, both gave Mitch Darlington the Gatorade bath after you guys clinched the, the playoff berth on August 5th with that 10 to one win against Walla Walla. Uh, who came up with that idea or did it just kind of happen in the moment? Well, okay. It was like, I think uh, an inning before that we actually clinched, I went up to CJ. I was like, dude, like we gotta, we gotta give coach a bath. Like it's his first year, you know, and he, he's clinching. So we, uh, we just, we told the trainers, we're like, Hey, don't, please don't dump these out after the game. Like we're going to dump them on coach. And we didn't really tell too many people, but it ended up working out and it was, it ended up being a cool video. So I was excited that we actually did it. I, the the video was great that I remember seeing. I remember Mitch showed it and he posted it himself. Uh, who took that one? Was that someone? Was that one of? You, was that someone else nearby? You just said, "Hey, we got to have this." Yeah, I I can't remember exactly who it was, but it was a good. It was a good angle. It was a good everything. Like, yeah, that that was an awesome moment. And you and CJ as guys who were there from day one had to really soak that up. How meaningful that was, and knowing that you were going to be there for the playoffs as well. How cool was that night? Because whether it was a, a guy who had been there all season or a guy who had joined the team a week ago, it seemed like the team was really fired up. Yeah. Well, um, we, we didn't really sit down as a team, but after, after our game, um, like uh, around that time, we just kind of decided we're like, Hey, we're too, we're too far into this. Like, like let's, let's try, let's win every game. You know, you you obviously try to win every game the whole season, but at that point we're like, all right, all of us are staying. We're too far into this. We've been here all year. Let's just, let's just keep winning. Who were some of those guys? You mentioned CJ. Was there any other guys who were kind of talking? Was it talking with each other, talking with Mitch? Who was that all? Uh, no, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was with uh, Mitch. It was after a game. He brought us up. He's like, let's just keep this thing going guys. Like there's, there's no point in winning all these games, making it to the playoffs and then stopping here. Like, let's just keep going. So that was kind of our mentality towards the end of the year was let's finish her out. Yeah. And getting into the postseason, you guys had a great first round against Kamloops. Uh, the bats were just, uh, you really couldn't put them away at 10 scoring 10 runs the first game, 17 the next day um, for, for whatever reason, it seemed like despite having some issues with travel and I, I mean, issues, you know, the bus was a little bit later before game one, you guys got up there and you missed batting practice, but that didn't seem to affect you guys at all. Uh, was it almost better maybe in a situation like that, not having BP because that game started and I'm sitting there in my head and I'm thinking the script's already been written. We're probably going to lose this game. And this is a packed house. They're all fired up. I was like, this is probably the largest crowd our fan, our players have been in front of all year and the loudest crowd. And I'm sitting there going, and, the, and their pitcher rolled in that first inning. I think you were caught stealing a third. 
or wasn't it? Was it you or was I think it second? Second. Second. That's what it was. You were caught at third at second. And I'm thinking, oh boy, this is this is not good. Was there a moment you guys had, like you talked about these these times talking? Was there a moment in that game where you guys just said, We gotta put all this behind us and we've got to work right now? I think I think I even though that first inning was rough, I think it started before that. Um just just understanding like in pregame, like, yo, we're not gonna get any swings. We're we're hardly gonna warm up. And I think our team, we the team that we had was just unbelievable about like letting negative things go, like not letting it affect us and just kind of just basically laughing it off. Like, all right, this is what we're going to have to go through. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah. It it didn't bug you guys at all. I mean, you had two hits and two walks that night and you guys were going up against a great pitcher. Uh, The starter for Kamloops that night, Sean Hepner, he had gone into that. That was who they wanted pitching in that game. And at 263 ERA in 10 regular season games, what what do you think what it was that led to success with besides just saying, you know, hey, let's just do it? Was it was there one moment that you can recall where it's just like, okay, now we've got the ball rolling? Uh was that the 17 run game? Is that the is day that the before one? the one at Kamloops was the the one I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. I think I if I remember right, I think Jack uh Dadenato was pitching or he he had pitched. He didn't pitch in that one. That was when Connor Ashworth started and then Brooks Rasmussen went the final four. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that first game, <laughs> Brooks, that Brooks was the difference maker. Obviously, Connor carried us the first half, but Brooks was definitely the difference maker towards the end. No one knew this guy's name, came in from left field and just started shoving. And even the other team was like, what the heck? Like, who is this guy? So I think that definitely was the difference maker, and it kind of sparked us to uh, get the bats hot and and help him out. Yeah, he had two huge outings against both times against Kamloops. Uh, I remember yeah. there, was, there was one at the end of the regular season that he had against them. Uh, and he only pitched three games in total. He had one where he went got the winning, went four and a third scoreless, and then in the postseason tosses the final four innings to to get the save in the postseason game one. So that was crazy. And then what was crazier was you got we stay the night, leave early the next day, and do it again at home. <laughs> but again, didn't matter. Didn't matter to you guys. You win seventeen to two. Was it was it a sense of you know hey we know we're going back home. We're excited for that. Uh, what was it that got you guys ready to go and you know shake off any rust if there was any <laughs> heading into game two? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's. It's easy to to play the next day after you uh you pummel a team like like that, and after you have your left fielder come in and shut the door on them. So the next day is kind of you you go into it with a, a little bit more confidence and you're standing up a little bit taller. And you're a little bit more ready. Yeah, it, it certainly helps. And that was a memorable game for you. Game two, uh, August 9th against Kamloops. Uh, you didn't have any home runs in the regular season. But you were a big on-base guy, 439 on-base percentage in the regular season. But, boy, you kind of picked a big moment for your only home run of the year. That was game two, as we mentioned, August 9th against Kamloops. And that was in the middle of a – I'm trying to remember. I think that was in that big sixth inning where you guys scored five times. Um, take me through that at bat. I'm sure you remember that one because, for me, off the bat, I was like, okay, we're looking at extra bases here. And I remember I was just listening to my call of that right before this. And I can tell from my voice there was surprise because it just kind of got over the fence and got out. Uh, take me through that one. 
Yeah, I um, I knew I, I knew I hit it good. Obviously, I didn't think it was out either. I was, I was sprinting <laughs> to first, damn near second. So, I uh, I knew I got it good, but I I didn't see it come down. So, <laughs> started jogging. So you didn't see the ball go over the fence. You're saying? No, I didn't even know it went over until like the outfielders stopped, and I was like, "What's going on?" So you were looking out there, you see him stop, you realize it's gone. What's going through your head? Because I, I was looking back at the replay and the dugout's going nuts. They were pretty yeah. excited. Are you just kind of looking over going, you know, like what, what's going through your mind there as you're rounding second? Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that situation. So I kind of just like just kept jogging, you know, <laughs> I'm not too, too familiar with that. Well, it sticks. You didn't get a chance to just pimp it, you know, because if you get one, you know, you want to get that moment, you know, chuck the bat or something, but uh it makes for a fun story now though at least that's for sure yeah. <laughs> i talked about though you did such a good job getting on base throughout the season you were batting in that two hole spot and we touched on this a little bit before but what was your approach at the plate when you were batting near the top of the order because in a way you're still trying to be a table setter sometimes trying to get on if joe didn't get on right before you um trying to stay aggressive i'm a pretty aggressive hitter early in the count late in the count so just trying to stick with that approach stay aggressive obviously if situation arises get the situation done but with nobody on well usually there was there was someone on because joe but yeah honestly just try to score him like just hit the ball hard somewhere it's summer ball so we're all working things out in our own swings and stuff but at the same time we're trying to win so just hit the ball ended up working out yeah. As I mentioned that you were a, a guy with the Apple Sox who was there pretty much from start to finish. What was your favorite road venue? I always love asking former players about this. What was your favorite ballpark to play at on the road this season? You saw a lot of them and a lot of different places, Oregon, Washington, um, British Columbia as well, all over the place. Um, I think I, I didn't, I didn't get to play in Edmonton cause I was gone. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite atmosphere was probably Kamloops. And then okay. I mean, even though I hated I hated the field, I really liked Bellingham's atmosphere too. So you Just, didn't like the turf? No, I felt like I was hitting uphill the whole time. Okay. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of guys get so excited when we play on the turf because they're used to that with college. But uh, for you, that was a little bit different? Yeah, I felt like center field was higher than the plate, so I'm hitting uphill. Baseball is hard enough as it is, so <laughs> hitting uphill is not the funnest. Yeah, no, definitely a little bit tough. Uh, take me through the end of the season. It was kind of an abrupt finish, um, losing to Bellingham, and boy, that's just a tough way for it to go. It's a one-game division championship, and you know, you guys are right there, that whole game. And really, it, was, it wasn't until a hit with two outs in the – you know, bottom of the eighth inning that pretty much sealed the deal. Uh, it was, it was a, like I said, it was a quick end. How was that? How was that kind of saying goodbye to everyone once the season did come to an end? It was tough, you know, living with CJ all summer, all the road trips with all the guys, hotels, all the games. It was tough saying goodbye, but at the, at the same time, you go into it knowing that that's going to happen. So you kind of just make the most of it. You, get contacts, keep in touch and, and say your farewells and go your different, different ways. You know, we're we're all there for a reason. So. Yeah. We've talked about some fun moments from, from the summer. What was, if you're picking one right now, what was your favorite moment 
from the summer? My favorite moment from the summer. It could be on field, could be off field, you know, something like that. Probably it would probably be it sounds crazy, but it's probably be in the weight room every single day with CJ. Like he made me grow so much that that summer. I grew so much in the weight room and it, I had to do a lot with him. Also hanging out with Mason Philly. He was like mm-hmm. my best friend on the team. Um and he ended up leaving a little bit early, but hanging out with him. Uh, have, and another one is having my family there. So they were pretty close, so they got to make a lot of games. So ha- having that, that was a really like special part of my summer. That had to be so cool because that was the closest you'd really been to playing at home since high school, technically, right? Yeah. What What did that mean, having them out there a lot? They were, they were plenty of games. We saw them a lot of times throughout the summer. How cool was that? It was, yeah, it was, it's nice to, like you said earlier, like see familiar faces. So, and especially those, those ones who are so close to me, but yeah, I mean, it made, made me try a little harder knowing that my mom might get on my, my case at the end of the game. Why are you not sprinting at <laughs> first? So, but yeah, it meant everything. The last question I've got for you, Xander, I always like to ask guys this once they, you know, have previously played for the Apple Sox. What's a piece of advice you would give to someone who is playing for the Apple Sox for the first time, let's say in 2023? A piece of advice. Don't take where you are for granted. I feel like Wenatchee is a fabulous place to spend a full summer. Um Obviously, there's plenty of great things I could say about the organization and all the players and the teams and the coaches, but Wenatchee is, like, a really cool place to spend the summer. You can golf, you can fish, you know, river raft. So make the most of that and uh, go check out Leavenworth. Yeah, (laughs) great place to see as well. Well, Xander, thank you so much for some of the time. Fun to talk with you. Uh, Best of luck here this spring. We're going to be keeping tabs on how you're doing at Jamestown. And, it, you know, like we said, hard to believe it. There's a lot of snow right now. A lot of the uh, central time zone has been hit by some snow. But uh, before you know, it'll be baseball. Hopefully you're not having to shovel any snow at the ballpark in a month here. But great, have great mm-hmm. luck this year. <laughs> you too. Thank you so much, Joel. Well, it was great to get a chance to catch up with Xander Orohudos, the X-Man from the 2022 Wenatchee Apple Sox. Nice to catch up with him. As he mentioned, that his uh, season's going to be starting up here in just over a month in late February. Hard to believe we're almost at that point. College baseball is on the horizon, and shortly before that, of course, MLB spring training will get started as well. Of course, the Apple Sox season doesn't begin until June 2nd against the Bend Elks on the road. There's plenty of great ways to get tickets now to secure your seats for all of those games. Apple Sox season tickets are available right now for purchase at applesox.com, as is a 10-game flex pack. You get 10 tickets that you can use for any games over the course of the year. Maybe you want to use 10 game, ten tickets for one game or spread those out. Maybe five tickets for one game, five for another, or two for five different games. So lots of different ways to use that flex bank, and I think that's going to be a really popular uh, plan this year for Apple Sox fans. Make sure to please follow us on Facebook, or beg your pardon, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Apple Sox if you don't already, and stay tuned. We're going to have lots of fun stuff coming up here over these next couple of months. Beginning in March, we're going to start taking a look at the 2023 Wenatchee Apple Sox. But before we get to that, we're going to have a couple of different episodes leading up to then where I'm going to have a chance to catch up with some members from the 2022 team 
and chat about their experiences last summer. So right now, obviously in the middle of winter, but baseball is on the horizon. And of course, we're really excited for this 2023 season, the 23rd in Apple Sox history coming up in a little over five months from now. Thanks for tuning in here today. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you do not already. That way that you'll get a notification the next time that we have an episode. I'm Joel Norman. This has been the Apple Sox Podcast.